welcome back to another episode of Horror 365. I am your host, the mouthpiece of the Northeast, alongside the South Jersey Slasher himself, as always. And today, we get a very special guest today. We have, well, a gentleman that represents a company that is going to be sponsoring our upcoming May Friday the 13th extravaganza, the inaugural Friday the 13th Minicon in Blairstown, New Jersey. This is Ben. Please welcome Ben from Fright Rags. Ben, how are you today, buddy? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, we appreciate you taking the time right here. And I was excited to get you on, Ben. And you know what? I'm going to treat you just like everybody else on the show. I got to ask you a question, okay? I asked everyone this to start it up. What was your introduction into the horror community, into the horror genre? Uh, it was October 30th, 1981, and it was the network TV premiere of Halloween. You remember the date? Oh, yeah. I remember. That, that, that's a how, how, old, how old were you? Four. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so is it um, is this something you saw on TV and your parents let you watch it, or were one of your parents like a horror so fan? So we were at uh, our friends of ours owned. I lived in, so I'm, I'm in Rochester, New York, and we lived, at the time, we lived uh, in this kind of in, more of in the city part downtown. So friends of ours owned a deli around the corner and uh, they lived behind it and like above it, like, you know, in the front was the deli. And we were at a, like a Halloween party over there. And I'm the youngest of four. My older brothers and sister were hanging out with the kids over there. And I was basically by myself and my parents were hanging out, talking to the other parents. And I was like, I'm bored. I want to go home. And my mom was just like, just go watch TV. So I walked over to the living area and there was a TV and I sat down in front of it, like two inches in front of it. And I was clicking through, you know, all three channels and uh, literally this music came on. I was like, what's this? And this pumpkin showed up. I'm like, I'm just going to watch this. And I, I'd never you know, seen anything like that before. No, I don't think anyone knew what I was watching. And I sat there for two hours watching this movie and it just, it never left my brain. I mean, you can see behind me, I have Halloween poster, Halloween poster. I mean, it's, it became the reason why I love horror movies. So Halloween, and I'm assuming that's your that's your favorite Halloween in the franchise. That's my favorite movie of all time. Like not even just horror movie like that. It's like Halloween's here, and then we can talk about everything else. But Halloween <laughs> will always be far and away above everything ever for me personally. You know what I mean? And uh, I I mean I love listen. There's tons of horror movies we can talk about and yeah. other other movies, but I mean Halloween's it for me. So. so Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Brian. Other than the original Halloween, what's your go-to to watch? Oh man, uh, it's so there's a there's a couple. I mean, obviously, I think all of us have like our list that sort of changes a little bit, but mm -hmm. the ones that always float to the top for me under Halloween, of course, uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Three, uh, Silver Bullet, Sleepaway Camp Two, which again was represented back here, mm -hmm. um, Lady in White. Uh, oh, that's three. a good one. Yeah. I used to watch Lady in White. It would be on HBO all the time and that's that it like I watched it when I was younger and it just it scared the, it, the Jesus out it of me. It was filmed 45 minutes away from me and okay. I actually know a few people that were in the film. I actually befriended the uh, writer director Frank Lelogia. Oh uh, nice. He, I actually he lives in Italy now. I bought his personal 35 millimeter print of that film and uh, his first film, Fear No Evil. These are the films that in the exact film that he would carry to studio to studio to try to get it distributed. Wow. And I own them now because wow. I just, I love that movie so much. Um, 
and I've been to all the filming locations and stuff. And, you know, I, we've taken, you know, because it's only, it's so close to us. We can just drive right down there and go, you know, riding around and stuff. So it's, it's a lot of fun. So it's really close to my heart. So when I, when I hear of other people that have watched it and love it, it's cool because to me, it still feels very local to me. Yeah. You know? yeah. And again, we're talking upstate New York. We're not talking, you know, Hollywood or even New York city or, you know, places where you would normally think of movies being filmed. So to me, it's, it's a personal film in a weird way. <laughs> Not that I have ownership over it. it just feels mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Jimmy, have you seen that one yet? No, I bits and pieces. I was younger, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good it's, one it's for one your, for a back Thursday. It's a, uh, it's de- definitely like a, a classic. Uh, it has a cult following. I like the fact that it was a period piece uh, set in, I think the fifties, I believe maybe, yeah. maybe early sixties, but what always, the one scene that always creeped me out, well, Lucas Haas had that creepy ass Dracula mask. That's like the one thing that always creeped me out. But when he was locked in the, uh, the, the coat room, like that whole build up right there always uh, gave me like the creeps when I was a young kid. And I, I think if I watched it now, it'd be like watching it for the first time. So I haven't seen it probably since early teenage years, but definitely, definitely a good one. So do you actually use a 35 millimeter or is it more like stored in a safe environment just to, just to have? Uh, it's a little bit of both. So we work very closely with a local art house theater called The Little and we do mm-hmm. screenings every month. Well, this was pre-COVID. We're getting back into it now called Saturday Night Rewind. So we do kind of like revival shows, if you will, where we show older films. And a lot of times we will show 35, mil- 35 millimeters. So um, we, you know, I'm trying to think. I think we showed our my print of Lady in White once. But I also, the other prints that I own are Halloween and Halloween 4. I have a pristine version of Halloween 4. The Halloween that I have, oh. it's an original print, which is, it's definitely showing its age. And we, we've been showing it every year. In fact, the studio that we were really close with because we have license and everything, they generally don't allow 35 millimeter prints being shown because they'd rather it be the um, remastered digital version mm-hmm. when they show it in theaters. But there's only like, literally a couple places in the country that will they will allow like a 35 millimeter print to be shown and we're one of them because they know me and it's my own print so I like to show it what every year because I didn't get to see it in the theater until I was Mm -hmm. like in my early 20s so it was such a moment for me that to have the option to be able to show it I mean we still have to you know pay for the rights to do it every time we do it but to show it in film and it's old but it's really old and i have the guys at the theater clean it for me and they store it properly for me so it's not gonna get all weird but it's to the point now where the last time they went through it they're like you probably shouldn't show this again it's just mm-hmm. and i'm like it's I like get grainy it. the film what's that with the film is it clear you're saying or it's like a, it's chopped up like, like grainy? it's just it's so you know every time it gets run through the you know there's always little nicks and things happening and it's so yeah. old now that it, it's just you know it's very pink it's yeah. vinegar syndrome you know mm-hmm. it's and it's you know look you watch it and it's choppy in parts and when it yeah. switches reels it's choppy and stuff so but that i love that quality it's that it. feel it gives it that yeah. feel that, I that love old it. feel yeah yeah, yeah. but That's... i you know i'm okay to retire it and just have it and just know that i have this archive thing you know but listen i have the 4k version with you know atmos and i love watching that so whatever <laughs> yeah know? yeah yeah jimmy like um over time like the the movies just disintegrate so you could like yeah. open it up and poof you know a lot of the early movies from the you know when they started making films they're no longer you know with us that's well, why they, they started were, 
Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, okay. but they, they're also like shipped to to theater to theater, so they yeah. got hang up. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's sometimes it's hard, especially like a low budget film like that, which just literally went from town to town to town. They didn't make five thousand prints of these. They made you know maybe I don't know a few hundred or you know probably more, and they just got shipped around. So they were constantly getting banged up and going through and, and edited, you know, spliced together to put on big uh, reels and stuff. So it just it, they do these things get hammered in fact the one person the archivist that went through he's like i think this might be several different versions not versions of the film but different uh prints spliced together mm. but um i don't know i love it you know mm. it's a fun experience but if if it saves the film that we can't show it anymore i'm okay with it you know right yeah definitely you mentioned uh, halloween four i gotta cut you off bro you, halloween yeah. four you said you have something to that as well i have a 35 millimeter print in fact it's it was only i bought it from the um one of the head projectionists at, at Alamo Draft House, he had two of them. He's like, I don't even think this one's ever been shown. It was pristine. Wow. So I bought it from him and we showed it twice at the Little. Uh, one time just for our crew, I surprised everybody because they didn't know that I, they knew I bought a film. They didn't know what it was. So I took, we went to the theater one afternoon and I just put it on. Like we had them you know, projected for us. And then we showed it for one of our uh, screenings with Halloween one. We did a uh, oh, double feature. Yeah. Or double feature. Yeah. So what do you think of four? Uh, your opinion of four? Because I, I get mixed reviews on this one. This is one of my personal oh, favorites. I love four. In fact, um, I would probably say that's my next favorite Halloween film. And, and here's the thing. It was my first film that I saw in the theater. You know, I was 11. Right. And I saw it October 30th, 1988, because the title card comes up with that. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, that's today. You know? <laughs> and you know, at 11, you know, there was, what, seven years between the time I'd seen Halloween one and, and, and four had come out that all I had really to watch was one and two to have Michael Myers. And at the time, like everybody else, you disregarded three, even though it's an amazing film. But yeah. at the time when you're a kid, you're like, this doesn't have Michael, it's out the door, right? <laughs> so it was one and two and one and two and one and two. And there was no internet. So it was not like we knew if another one was coming out. So I checked the back of every Fango every month to see what was coming up. And then, oh my God, you know, I'm still getting chill. I get chills thinking about the time I saw the trailer on TV. And I was like, it was like 10 years ago, he changed the face of Halloween. I ran across the room. I was like, <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, my <laughs> older brother took me. It was such a moment and I'll never forget it. So that movie, and I, I think it really is a great film. I really do. I mean, you can nitpick all these films. You can nitpick yeah. Halloween one if you want, but I really do think part four is, I mean, I love part two because it's the same night and everything. It's a great film, but part four has the spirit to it. And then you introduce Daniel Harris and all these things. So it's just really a solid film. So um, we're eventually going to get to how you created Fright Rags. But before that came to fruition, did you do anything in the clothing industry? Like, were you a screen printer? No, I, so it's interesting. I didn't, I had... It's weird. Like I, I had I, when I say I have screen printing experience. I, what I mean is I, I, like had did it in high school and in college. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have any real experience, although I knew the idea. Of, like the cool. So one of the cool things that happened to me in high school, my brothers and I had started this band, and our first quote unquote gig was my senior year because my brothers were already out of school, and it was like this. Um, it wasn't like a talent show, but it was like a, a. It was called Bands for Humanity. I think it was a charity thing, and I had designed a logo for our band and that was one of the things that I was screen printing onto t-shirts in my class as like a project and a lot of them were just scrap thrown in the scrap heap because I was learning it 
And I remember on stage, I was playing, and I looked down and one of my friends, my friend Katusha, she was wearing one of my shirts with the logo on it. And that was really cool because I was more into like design and things. So I came from like, obviously growing up 80s pop culture, things like that. But I was also like a skate biker kid, uh, more into biking than skating, but I was into that culture, you know, like Airwalk and Vans and, and all, you know, but I love the logos and I, I mean I, I biked I mean we, we my me and my friends you know we skated and biked and built ramps and all that stuff but I loved the culture of it and the designs on the boards and the logos and all these things and I just I would draw them in my notebooks and stuff so I had this propensity for sort of design and and then I liked the clothing aspect of it and it's funny because I always gravitated toward like weird shirts like when I was in high school I remember going to this local department store and it was in, at least in my memory because we're talking early 90s it was the first time I'd really seen pop culture type stuff like for example I walked into a store the store and saw this white shirt and it just had a big Gilligan face in black and white like that was it no text no nothing <laughs> I saw one with Florence Henderson and it said mom on it you know because it's Brady Bunch and I it clicked with me like I want to wear that because it's just this big Gilligan face like it's so cool um and so I started buying like these shirts and stuff it just because it was like I don't know I, I I knew when we went on vacation I would always want like a t-shirt or a hat but it had to be a specific thing like it couldn't look too commercial it couldn't look too this and I don't it was just all in my head yeah. you know I mean I didn't know how to actually describe what I was thinking I just knew it when I saw it that's what eventually led me going back to college and going for graphic design because I realized that's really where I wanted to do film. I wanted to do illustration, comic books, all these things. What I realized I loved is design, bring all these elements together to tell a story. And, and so that, you know, coupled with, with t-shirts kind of led me to Fright Rags because I'd never owned a horror t-shirt and I loved horror movies, you know? What were the t were there any like horror t-shirts back then when you were growing up? Did they have any of those? Not that I remember. The one that I remember the most, and this is the only one I really owned, really, was um, in 19, I believe, 97 or no, 98, uh, Anchor Bay, when they released the VHS Halloween with the snow globe and stuff. It was around that time. They actually did some t-shirts. They did, this is what I, again, this is what I didn't like about it. It was so cool. It was like the Halloween four and five cover where you have his half his face. It was actually more like the five cover because it was half okay. his face from a knife, but it didn't have Daniel Harris, right? but it was on the back of the shirt. I'm like, I don't want the, I want that on the front of my shirt. Like I was just really particular about what I liked and what I, I mean, everyone has their own taste. Don't get me wrong. It was not just me, but I just know in my head, I'm like, well, if that was the front of the shirt, I totally wear it. Why do I have to have this little logo on the front? Like I was just so like, picky yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I would want the, you know, the face on the front. Not the yeah, what yeah, was on the front of the shirt? Like, it was just blank yeah. on the front? The Anchor Bay logo. That's, think, that's it? Yeah, you're right. I think it was yeah. the Anchor Bay logo. Yeah. yeah, and you know, when you get shirts like that, when they come packaged, the material, the shirt, it's like so tough. You yeah. wash it once and then it doesn't lay right. So that's why I, I don't, I stay away from getting those pre-packaged shirts because they they never fit right. They're, They're you know, promotional they, sort of yeah. cheap stuff. Yeah, exactly. Brian, it's hard for you to find a shirt, man. I mean, look at it. Uh, you've been hitting the gym all the time there, man. I know. Muscles, man. You know? You, you, God forbid you sneeze. Well, that's the problem. Sure, you know, man. obviously, you know, I don't hit the gym as much anymore, but I kind of look like I do. Any, uh, but my problem is I'm like, I'm 5'8". So the problem I always had with clothing was me, like at the time, like 
mediums uh, were too tight, so I would get a large. It fit good in the shoulders, but it was too long. Mm. You know, so I like to think that I came up with a term like medium, you know, or medium. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm I'm really picky with my shirts now. I unfortunately don't own any fright rags yet um but my friend and our friend josh hordaddy 85 owns quite a bit and he loves them he's all about them i like the soft cotton material um how are your shirts is that are they soft cotton material oh yeah they're the soft cotton you know when when i first started we used the the thicker gilded and stuff and it's funny because after several years you know that's just what we use right and i i started real and i would try like i was always trying out other types of shirts like blank shirts in fact like this is a sample that i got of something because i'm just trying things out right so i'm always buying samples of shirts just to kind of you know feel and, and look and feel in different colors different styles and i started realizing a few years after i started fright rags that i wasn't wearing my own t-shirts because i was sick of the way they felt mm-hmm. and i was worried to change brands because i just thought you know, i had people writing me saying i won't buy one of your shirts because it's on that, that cheap ass cotton not that it was cheap necessarily, but that thick, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Yeah, the heavy duty kind thing. I won't, you know, I, I will only buy it if you switch. I won't buy you anymore. So it's like I didn't know what to do. And finally I said, this is ridiculous. We need to switch this up. And this is back in like 2010. So it was just, you know, whatever. And I switched over to a a, a much so you know, kind of a thing is the, the thicker cotton that you're you you're talking about, a lot of that is chopped carded cotton. So actually they take short strands and they weave them together and the re Part of the reason why they make them so thick is to, to make it stay together, right? Whereas when you get a ring spun cotton, which is the soft cotton you're talking about, it's actually longer strands. So they can actually make it thinner and still hold up. But people equate thin with cheap. And that's not mm-hmm. the case. Like the shirts we use cost twice as much as the older shirts that we used to use. Right. I mean, they're expensive. Yeah. And it also yields a softer or a, a smoother face on the shirt and, and it gets you to be able to get. So when you print, you're printing in half tones. You're literally printing dots on a t-shirt. If you're, if you're doing like a photographic type thing, if you're doing obviously spot colors, it's a full flood of ink, but to get the detail that we often are equated with, with our designs, the dots are so small. If you have a thicker cotton, it's going to fall between those fibers and you're not going to be able to get the detail. So these actually hold a better detail. So there's just a lot of reasons. We, we Listen, everyone's different and I get it. It's subjective. Yeah. You, know, you want something that you feel comfortable with. Some Now the trend is actually going back to that thicker cotton, but the thicker ring spun. So it's still ring spun, but it's thicker. It's like a six ounce where we use like a 4.3 ounce. I know I'm getting very technical here, but- No, it's good. I um, mean, yeah. But basically the, there is a trend going back to this thick cotton feel. I, I don't know that we will- like switch or anything i feel like we're in a good spot but i i i try to keep an eye on certain trends and stuff so would would you offer like i know like some websites uh have a variation of type of different styles of shirt do you so would you offer that selection or you just don't stick with the one probably not because we don't print on demand like a lot of t-shirt places you'll see and i don't you know most like i'm like a red bubble or something which is not obviously what we do this type of thing they do what's called direct to garment so they use printers that are almost like inkjet printers for t-shirts um and it and it lays down you can do full color and you can do just one and but i mean they cost a lot of money but they're also not as good as screen printing we uh-huh. screen print everything so uh-huh. the issue is you have to do quantities like if we have a 13 color design you can't just run off one shirt you got to run off you know a couple hundred to make it worth it 
And the other thing is, if you start offering all these styles, oh. we just don't have the capacity to carry, oh, you want a large in this style of shirt or a large in that style of shirt, or now you want a tall and now you want this. And it's like our inventory just went, you know, and it, it expanded so much yeah. where you're like, we can't, it, we just don't have the capacity for that. You know what I mean? Because then we're holding on to all of this inventory. And if it doesn't sell, that's just money sitting on the shelf. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, now, let me ask you, Ben, when was it when you're like, you know what, that's it, I'm going to create this, I'm going to start this clothing company right here, and uh, and is it like a one-man show? I'm sure you have a staff of people. Oh, or yeah, we're you. Oh, it, no, it's a team. It, it's I couldn't do this. I mean, it was by my, I was by myself for five years, Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but we're, now we're a team of eight, that's including myself, and we're all full-time, um, but I, so really what happened was around 2003, I was, you know, my girlfriend and I were living together, my now wife, and um, we were in an apartment. So we didn't have kids. We weren't married yet. We were engaged at the time. But my, my point is we had a lot of free time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was working as a graphic designer and for a laptop bag company. It was a very small company. It was like three people. So it was cool to see uh, how business kind of works. I was, you know, I'd worked for large companies in the past, but I'd never worked for like a really small kind of scrappy company and I was doing all sorts of things you know web design and print design and photography and stuff so it was a lot of fun right but it was laptop bags I mean as fun as those are I didn't have like a passion right yeah so I found a lot of my free time being on horror forums and message boards because this is pre-instagram and facebook and friendster and myspace you know so I was I would be a part of these message boards and some of the message boards I would be on are ones that were fans creating like Friday gloves and hockey masks for J you know, Jason hockey masks and Michael Myers masks. I mean, the literally the first thing I ever typed into a web browser in what 96 or something was captain Kirk 75 masks. Cause I wanted to get one to have <laughs> yeah. a it all goes back to Halloween. So yeah. there was one message board I was a part of called night owl pro uh, productions. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a guy by the name of Justin Mabry. And he and I became really good friends. We were the same age. He made the best, Michael Myers masks, which fast forward, he st started Trick or Treat Studios with another friend of mine, Chris Efro, and he also helped design the new Halloween mask. So, I mean, we're talking like full circle here. Wow. It but back then, we're talking 2003, he and I just, we would talk, I mean, for hours. And you can ask my wife, I mean, like six hours at a time, we'd be talking on the phone. But I had a spark to create something. I've always wanted to make something. I just didn't know what. And I started thinking of ideas for t-shirts because I thought, oh, screen printing, I could get these done. I don't really own any horror shirts. I thought of this idea, what would Jesus do? What would Jason do from the what would Jesus do <laughs> yeah. thing? And I had a hockey mask. So that was really the spark. And Justin was like, dude, you should post these on my message board. I think people would like them. And I didn't want to like spam his message board because I felt bad about, hey, look at my stuff. <laughs> but he was totally supportive and he made the post and people were like, wow, that's a cool shirt. I want to buy it. I want to buy it. Where can I get it? And that was the first time I had had this like feedback from something I've done that people were actually willing to spend money on. And literally over the course of like a weekend, I was like, well, what am I going to call this thing? I'm like, maybe terror or something or nightmares. What about fright rags? Okay, that's cool. Let me buy a domain name. Let me code a website i had to hand code everything <laughs> figure out how to buy I'll, I'll buy the shirts online and i didn't have the money i mean i had to put on my credit card it was like 600 bucks for 60 shirts which is insane and so i was like <laughs> i don't know what the hell i'm doing i literally didn't know what i was doing i was just flying blind like i didn't know anything about 
how to start a business, what to do. I literally put the website up and I told everybody in Night Owl and I started getting orders. You know, I got, you know, a handful of orders. I was like, I can't believe someone just sent me 15, 20 bucks and now I got to ship this, right? Yeah. And it became addictive, not the money. It was the connection to the people. Like this person in California or this person in Pennsylvania or wherever found my website they don't know me, but they, they found this and they saw it enough to say, Hey, I'm going to send this money. Cause I want it. That tripped me out, man. Like it really was such a cool thing that I just wanted to keep doing it. And I didn't, it was never about the money. Like I remember going to see my accountant that was within the first month or two, my sister had hooked me up with her accountant. She was like, you should probably talk to somebody taxes. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And he started talking about profit. I'm like, what are you talking about? I I don't think I'll ever make money doing this. I just want to have like, just do it. Right. And um, it just kept going and I just kept wanting to do new stuff and new designs. And I even thought about licensing and I actually got, I got in touch with Michael Simpson who made Sleepaway Camp two and three. And I remember being at my work and he faxed me a license agreement, which was like literally a page saying you can do it. Like it was so, so funny. And we still have it today. Unfortunately, he passed away years ago, but he's sort of grandfathered us and he's like, do it as long as you want. And here's the person you can pay or whatever. But uh, it really, it was just for the sheer love of that connection and creating something. I remember the first convention I did was Monster Mania in 2005. It was August. And we'd set up our table. Justin came up and we set up together and we left to go eat dinner before the show started. And we got back. And at the time we used to print the logo, our logo on the back of our shirts on the neck. Um, and I was walking in, I saw all these people in line to get into the show. And all I kept seeing was Fright Rags logos. And I was like, whoa, like that, was, that must've blew your mind. Oh my God. It was, it was crazy. Like just to see anything out in the wild, you know, cause yeah. I spent all my time, you know, at, after, well, a lot of times during my job, but after work, during my lunch hour, like I would, you know, fill out, that's just back when you had to fill out international forms by hand. I would be writing all those out and I had to go to the post office and wait in line for an hour to, you know, to pay for the postage. I'd be at home folding shirts or writing emails or designing new stuff or whatever. And uh, it just, you know, they say it takes five years to become an overnight success. And it took me five years before I could finally quit my job. But those were, you know, I was just in my, my, lower level in my house at the time and it was just me you know i'd be putting on uh d snyder on the fangoria podcast and it's uh, was it serious or something what he was on and then i would just li- or movie commentaries and i'd just be up most of the night doing stuff with, for this business you know and not knowing if it would ever amount to anything you know so and look, look, look where we're at here now i mean how many years later we're talking about i mean Almost we're 20? we're in our 19th year yeah. you know nice. in september it'll be 19 years and uh you know, we, we have an office and warehouse in downtown Rochester. It's the old city morgue, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> Let's go, baby. Yeah, you should come up and see it. It's cool. We have, we've had people come and do tours. We've had people come from France, from Canada, oh, wow. all over the place that want to see it. That um, it's at an old morgue, but it's, I'll tell you right now, it's not dead. No, it's <laughs> not. You're, you're bumping <laughs> out shirts. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. Like I said, you know, we, there's eight of us now. Um, and there, they, the, all of those people came into sort of my universe if you will in some weird like interesting ways like i've known them for a certain amount of years or just the ways everybody kind of came how'd you acquire the team like is it all was it online was it i mean no man it was all organic like i'll give you a couple examples like 
uh, Jess, who works for me, she's in our warehouse. She's our warehouse supervisor. She ordered from me. This is when I had my first kid because I remember coming home and I had all these orders packed up for it because it was around Christmas time. I mean, when I say all these orders, it was probably like 40 or 50, but I was only the one, only one doing it. And, I, you know, seeing an order from California was nothing to me, but seeing an order from Rochester was like, what? Someone <laughs> in Rochester knows Sprite Rags? And so she was buying the shirt. I didn't know her. And then she, I think she wrote me an email first because she saw where it was coming from. I don't think she even realized it was from Rochester. And we started talking because she was buying the shirt for her dad. It was a creep show t-shirt, um, oh. the hitcher, you know, uh, thanks oh. to the ride lady. And this is the movie they always watch together. So it was this cool story. We just remained in touch. And a couple of years later, I'm like, I, I need some help. And she was like, yeah, I'd love to help. And then she kind of stuck around and started filling orders. Um, in 2009, one of our shirts was on uh, 30 Rock. Judah Friedlander wore it. He was a cool guy and, and he wore it. So it got some attention and I was on the news. So our local news. So they came over and filmed me in my house and stuff. I get this email from this guy. He's like, hey, um, I'm, a, I'm a manager at this, at this theater, not the theater that we do our screens at. It was actually like a regal, you know? And he's like, hey, if you ever want to see a movie or if you want to do something, let me know. I'm like, that's cool. And he goes, by the way, I saw, you know, because he saw me in the news. He goes, I think you live on the same street as my uh, in-laws' grandparents. I'm like, oh, that's cool. What are their names? And he's like, oh, Carl and Mary Lou. And this is a pretty big street that I lived on at the time. I'm like, those are my next door neighbors. <laughs> like, his wife's grandparents lived next door to me. Oh. And then he would come over with their kids and we would talk. And the next thing I know, I'm like, I need some help. You want to help out? He's like, sure, because he loved horror movies. <laughs> and then he's now my production manager. You know he's, what I mean? Like, it's, it's so crazy, man. It's uh, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And, and just one more like Liz, who is our customer service lead. She was a really good customer of ours for years. And she's like, I'm going to be in Rochester. Can I visit your place? I'm like, that's great. Cause she lived in California. And I'm like, why are you in Rochester? She goes, Oh, my girlfriend lives there. We met on that Halloween message board. I'm like, that's amazing. Yes. Please come over. So her and her girlfriend, Heather came over. Well, long story short, Heather's my shipping manager and Liz is our customer lead. Nice. <laughs> You got so the whole just, team. Look at that. It's, it's really, it's an incredible thing. I could go on about that. Kimmy and um, just everybody, Eric and Joe, like it just, it's, it's amazing. And I'm very blessed because look, we've gotten to a point and we've been at this for, I mean, there's so much going on, you know, we've got you know, now it's everything's licensed and in, in orders and all this stuff. Like there's no way absolutely no way I could do this on my own you know what I mean like it takes literally our entire team and they you know you always say people always say like you can never find someone that's going to care as much about your business as you do and I know that's true because it is my baby but I I got really as close as you can possibly get with my team because they kick ass every single day like relentlessly like that it's and so for me I'm just like I'll get out of the way and let you do your job you know Good to have a team like that, man. You know, I, uh, I'm i proud of, like, the people that I got on my team. And we're still in, like, the infancy stages, too, of doing this, if you look at the big scheme of things. And, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard to find a good team. And this gentleman right on the other side, Brian, he's been a blessing. And uh, a couple other people, uh, one of the gentlemen that he loves the brand, loves Fright Rags, uh, Josh, as he mentioned earlier, hard at 85 on Instagram. He's another – blessing to the team so i i can definitely understand man where you're coming from it and you guys become like family you know? yeah yeah i mean look it's and we have traditions like yesterday we had our valentine's day tradition where we started this a few years ago where we each make a valentine's box uh and we bring it in and then we let our um like our audience judge it you know 
and uh, and put in their votes and stuff. And it's funny because in every year, it's funny. Like we all like try to one up each other ourselves. And like, I always bring up the rear because that's usually last minute for me, but I was actually pretty proud of mine this year. But anyway, just to see the creativity and we all have so much fun. So we get together and have lunch and hand out Valentine's and like Easter, we'll do like an Easter egg hunt for each other and stuff. And, you know, it's stuff like that where it's just, if listen we got to have fun like it's a lot of work and it is a ton of work and we're all busy and it gets stressful but i'm a I'm, personally i'm of the mind where i'm like look like as long as work's getting done if we can just go and have some lunch and hang out for a while or have a party or do something or go over the little and watch a movie you know whatever it's like like for you know when scream came out in january i rented out the theater and i was like let's go see scream the opening day nice, like just yeah. us you know, it's just us. And we did that for Halloween kills as well. So things like that, like, I want to do that. Well, so let's do it. <laughs> like, why not? You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to, you know, you know, why not? Right. So speaking of licenses, how easy or hard is it to get the license to produce the content you want to do? It runs the gamut uh, between easy and hard. Um, uh, for example, there was a movie today uh, literally today like right before I got on here I was I had inquired to somebody it was a smaller film can't really say anything much yet but it was like yeah we have the rights I'm like cool I'm like I just sent a like our boilerplate license agreement over and it's done like that was easy whereas when you're working with Universal Studios or uh you know MGM or Sony or Disney or whatever that's a whole other thing I mean they send you an agreement that's 50 pages long and you got to put them on your business insurance and you got to do all this stuff and it's, it can be very hard. Um, obviously, you have to get in with them. And then, you know, there's money up front. So usually that can, that can range from anywhere from, you know, a couple thousand to, you know, five, high five figures, like we're talking lots of money up front and, wow. you know, royalty percentages, all these things. And, and then it's like, well, we need to have forecasts for the next two years, and you need to get your factories audited and all these things so there's so there's a ton behind the scenes yeah and um you know it's so I, yeah i was I, i'm sure like you know uh i can only imagine i know just i mean just like to get the the licensing agreement to play a film you know people don't realize it's not i mean it's under a thousand dollars but sometimes the prices are like wow you know um but I was looking at your catalog. Obviously, you have some great ones. American Wolf in London, Child's Play, Candyman. The list goes on and on. Obviously, I didn't see Friday the 13th because <laughs> there is a lawsuit going on. But I didn't see Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that something like, do licenses last a certain amount of time and then you have to reapply? Or is it once you get a license, you have it for... Oh, no, it only... The term, the term is generally two years. Again, it these things vary, but that's pretty much an industry standard. It's you sign it for a two-year agreement and you renew. Like we've been with Universal Studios for seven, eight years now. And every two years it comes up, we renew, usually for more money and, you know, whatever. <laughs> they don't um, give you a discount for a returning customer? <laughs> no, they, they basically look at what you've done and say, well, you, you made you know, a good amount of money this last term. So we're going to increase your advances times. Like, oh, <laughs> um, so Nightmare on Elm Street, as you know, is also owned by Warner Brothers slash New Line Cinema. And there was some litigation issues for a while. I don't know if that's been cleared up or not. The reason why I don't know is because Warner Brothers, honestly, completely honestly, is the last studio we cannot get into. I'm being 100% transparent. I have 
been to their offices in California. I've met with them every year at a licensing show in Vegas. I've talked to them on phone, email. I mean, we're talking hundreds of emails over the past six years. Oh and it just God. has not, there's been no opportunity for us as much as I've tried. And, you, you know, you've got a lot of titles in their catalog. I mean, a ton of titles, not just, I mean, there's a Nightmare on Elm Street and there's Friday 13th. You know, I, yeah, yeah, there's the litigation with Friday 13th. Although I do think, and I feel like, like because those things are starting to settle down, the merch side mm -hmm. in terms of the character Jason might actually be because there are companies still doing it you know NECA yeah. has it and other companies still have it and they've been with them for a while so yeah. there's probably some element of grandfathering them in but I do think the merchandise element will probably uh you'll probably see a little bit more of that um coming up from from whoever you know in terms of license there's a lot of people that do it unlicensed we did it unlicensed for a long time you know limited edition three days only or whatever <laughs> Years ago, I stopped doing that because I'm like, no, because everything else we do is licensed. I'm, I want to do Jason and Freddy legitimately. I don't want to just do this in and out thing. Is there a repercussion for doing something for three days that's like not licensed? I mean, there can be. I mean, it's the reason why we and other people have done it that way is because it's in and out and they mm -hmm. can't catch you or usually don't catch you, especially gotcha. if it's on a weekend. Mm -hmm. But my thought is, again, this is just me and I'm not putting anybody else down who does mm -hmm. it. I'm saying from my own standpoint, I was like, look, we're covering everything else licensed. And here we are doing Jason yeah. unlicensed and Freddie unlicensed or whatever that Warner Brothers has gremlins or whatever else. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I just felt, in, again, this is just me. And I was like, let's just not do that. And let's keep trying to get it legitimately. But let's just say we're not doing it unless it's legitimate. Mm -hmm. because i really look there there's again i did unlicensed stuff for years and years and years because that's how i started but i just felt at a certain point i always wanted to be completely legitimate you know mm -hmm. and yeah. listen there's still there's some obscure titles that we search and search and search and search and we cannot find and we've talked to directors and producers and studios that you think would own it and they're like no we don't have it and you're like <laughs> okay i'm gonna do it and if someone comes after me, then that's the person I get to pay my money to. You know, right. <laughs> like, hey, here you yeah. go. So um, we don't do that very often, but there's been a couple of titles here and there where I'm like, listen, we have literally overturned every pot. I mean, let alone, you know, we, the only person we haven't talked to is the key grip. You know what I, mean? <laughs> like, like, I don't know what else to do. So, and there are some movies that are in this weird limbo mm -hmm. that they're just kind of out there. So there's really no risk. Friday the 13th though, I mean, we know who owns that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. we're just, because we can't get the license, we're going to do it anyway. I just, I don't want to do that anymore. Right, so, I, I couldn't understand, yeah. So uh, turning that, what you just said recently, previously into the next question, are there any titles that you would love to do to put out a shirt? Like that is licensed and it's just like, you can't, like obviously Warner Brothers, you mentioned Gremlins. Are there anything in the Warner Brothers catalog? Well, I mean, Warner Brothers has Gremlins, they have Critters, they have, you know, Shining, they have, uh, I'm trying to think. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday Thirteenth, Lost Boys. Yeah, um, wow, yeah, so many great. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, yeah, there's literally a list. I'd have oh, Beetlejuice. You know, there's a list of these. Oh, these don't say the B word. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I want to do all of that. And you know, it's not even the money that scares me away because, like, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, it's gonna be this much. I'm like, I'll write you the check today. I just want to do it. The other yeah. thing is what you have to understand too, and this isn't just about Warner Brothers, but other companies is. Just because you have the license for something 
doesn't mean you get to do whatever the heck you want. It has to be approved. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, and I know Warner Brothers is like this as well, you can maybe only use specific images or you can't use people's faces. So if we got the license for Friday 13th, there's no way we could use anybody in those films other than Jason and the Hockey Mask. That's it. Um, now, if we had personal permission, like I know a few people from those films I could get permission from probably if they were okay with it and work something out. But in general, you are not granted the likeness. Like for example, we have Halloween three is one of our titles, right? Funny enough, uh-huh. back to that. <laughs> Cause I do love that movie, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and, but as the licensor, cause universal owns it, you can't use anybody in the film except the kids in the masks, right? The masks, that was all you could use. Luckily, just to use an example, Tom Atkins is a friend of mine. So I just went to Tom and said, Hey, would you be okay with me using your face in these shirts? He's like, yeah, I don't care. You know, basically like in, I had his permission and they gave it to universal. And they it's said, like, okay. it's like Ben throw me. Yeah. So do you, obviously you would get like something written up and he signs it. Yeah. It had to be you, like via email just to have, yeah. proof, you know, and do you um, pay him like a royalty or something? We like came that? up with like a deal that, you know, it was like, it was actually a pretty, uh, very basic small deal that he just, you know, little something, but it really wasn't that much. Um, but he's cool with it all. I mean, he's, we've done shirts with him in, in the past. So he was totally cool with it all. And um, a lot of the shirts he sells at conventions, we do for him. So, oh, so nice. it worked okay. out. I'm um, giving but, you the green light. I'm giving you yeah. the green light right now, Ben, right now. You have my permission. Make a shirt <laughs> with me and a microphone on it right here. All right. Got it. it <laughs> I think, I think we need to get a, his name was Jason Friday 13th fan film shirt made with oh, my God. screen. Oh, my, oh my God. Yeah. That'd be great. No, I'm not, no, not with his face. <laughs> Ben, let me tell you something. This guy got to sell merch. I got to sell he, merch. He had three <laughs> seconds in the fan film, Ben. He's a celebrity. I need extra butter to grease his head through the door. He gives me one for, for Christmas. He's like, here you go. Boom. Picture of his mug in the frame for that three second shot. <laughs> Unbelievable. And he said, oh, don't well, worry. The director did say it was a pivotal part of the film. And we do have him on film saying that. Okay. Well, you know, I, I got none. I got no more to say about that. Anyway, Ben, talk about, worked, uh, that, I'm sorry, Jimmy. I have another, another question. Just came uh, to yeah, my go mind. ahead. You got the floor. <laughs> have you worked with any of the fan films? Like, have they come to you and said, Hey, could you print some, um, shirts for us for perks or whatnot? We haven't. Um, well, the only one that we really did, cause he's a, he's a friend of mine, Chuck, that, um, Chuck Ryan, who did the oh, Chuck Ryan. Yep. Yeah. Um, but I'll be honest with you a couple things. One, it's always a licensing issue. Even I understand it's a fan film, but a lot mm-hmm. of times, like, for example, like obviously Jason, we don't have the rights to, but, but it would be a weird sort of thing for us to do. But especially if it were a character, like say Michael Myers, who we do have rights to and other things, if we started doing that, that would not look good to the studio. To be like, what are you yeah, doing? Gotcha. And the other, but- honestly, the other thing is we really don't do custom stuff anymore. We used to do it a little bit, but honestly we're just too busy with our own right stuff. yeah we don't what? have time to well, start it's good that you're you know? you're busy yeah, five yeah. seven days a week and uh i actually i did order that t-shirt as a perk so that will be oh one of my cool first all right rag shirts. yeah and i you know i like chuck he's a good friend and and yeah so it, it's it was fun to work on that and i i you know there was no issues with that one but um you know it's just one of those things where i'm like i because we do get requests for things not just fan film stuff but just other stuff and i'm like i mm-hmm. We just don't do it because it's just it, it takes a lot of time mm-hmm. and we just don't have that kind of time. We're just too busy, which is yeah, a good yeah. like a good problem to have, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What's your best seller? Uh franchise seller. Oh man. Oh, franchise seller? Yeah, oh franchise seller. I mean, Halloween is probably still at the top. 
I mean, there's definitely other franchises that sell really well for us. Um, but, uh, you know, Halloween, it's, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. I tell you, like, and look, we always try to be different. We always try to come up with new stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but even some of the things that we've been printing for several years now, you know, if it's not out for a while and we bring it back, it, it sells. So, uh, one of our guys that we work with who's exclusive to us, Justin Osborne, he is just, he is just so freaking incredible. So we, you know, some of his designs are some of our best sellers because he's just got a, a really great style and a really great eye for composition. We've been working with him for years and uh, he's just awesome. And, you know, we have another guy, Kyle uh, Crawford, who works for us exclusively, who does amazing work as well. And, and we use a bunch of different artists, you know, and sort of a round table, if you will, or a revolving door of people that we kind of go to for certain styles and things. Yeah. Um, but man, it's, it's fun because we get to kind of work with these guys and girls and, and be like, Hey, like, let's come up with some ideas. And sometimes, I mean, a lot of times they'll bring ideas to us and we're like, yes, and we'll tell them the limitations. Like, Hey, you can't do this. Can't do that. But, um, and then sometimes we have ideas that we give to them and, and, you know, so it's a really cool process of coming up with this stuff. Did you, um, okay. We keep running into each other, Jimmy. <laughs> I keep getting these, these questions keep coming to me as we're yeah. talking, uh, during the peak of, uh, the pandemic, did you experience any delays due to not being able to have, um, like the shirts in stock in a timely manner? Uh, yeah, actually it's funny cause it's, it happened like at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, March, 2020, um, there was a moment where I was like, oh crap, like we're done. Like who's going to buy a horror t-shirt? People are on lockdown. They're fearing for their jobs. You know, as we all know, like you couldn't even get toilet paper. I'm like, who the hell is going to buy a horror t-shirt? And there was one weekend that March, like that third weekend or whatever it was, you know, it's like orders just dropped off. And I was like, I was on uh, Slack uh, messaging with my team and we were talking about various things about what was going to happen or what we thought was going to happen and trying to prepare for things and I'm in my head going okay what do we got to do and it was so weird right after that it just went way the other way and through flew through the roof to the point where it was hard for us because we weren't in the office and we were trying to do different shifts I had Heather and Jess they were splitting shifts at the time so they weren't in contact with each other so it was a lot of that added stress of this fear of this whole thing while orders were, we were flooded with orders. And so 2020 was our biggest year ever by a pretty big margin. We had been doing fine before that. And so getting into 2021, I thought, okay, things will level off. Well, 2021 was even bigger than that. But so it was insane in the, you know, we had to hire another person and, and add more space to our warehouse and stuff. But it wasn't until last year um, where, you know, we, we do a lot of obviously t-shirts and other things, but we do other types of things. We do some lunch boxes, we do like action figures, we do all these things. And those are, you know, all made in China. And a lot of times we'll hold pre-orders, open pre-orders. So anybody who wants to get one can get it within this like five to seven day window. Then we shut the orders off and we send the orders to the factory and they usually get there and like, four months and we are pretty good about like okay it takes this long to produce to ship blah 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 well we sold night of the living dead lunch boxes and these little um army type figures called nanoforce last march 2021 we just got them 
like four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. Oh. And we told people they'd be shipping in September. And that was the same thing we did that for Halloween figures that we sold in April. We still haven't gotten those yet. We have Joe Bob Briggs figures that we just were actually getting like tomorrow that were sold last April. So these customers ordered knowing that they'd have to wait a few months and now they're waiting almost a year. It's ridiculous and just completely backed up. And it's completely out of our control. Uh Like we have zero control over it, but people get really upset. And I understand, man, I don't want to wait a year for something when I thought it was going to be four months or five months. So I get it. So it's been, it has been hard. And now shirts, even there's inventory missing on certain things and blanks. Prices have gone up. I think our hoodie price went up three times, just our costs in since November. And like, as much as our printers try to absorb it, it still goes up for us. We've absorbed it. So now we've been trying not to raise prices. We're just trying to figure it all out. Um, so it, it, it's almost like this. Uh, and I know we're still, you know, kind of in this whole COVID thing, but like, it, it's almost like this after wave that kind of came through and started like hitting like, and it's not just us, it's, you know, all, all sorts of industry, you know, but which sort of saved us a little bit because it's like, look, watch the news. You can see these containers on the ocean. Like we're mm-hmm. not <laughs> one dealing with this. This isn't just us. And we can't, you know, some people are like, well, airmen. I'm like, if, <laughs> we, would, <laughs> we would lose so much money airing these things in, even if it was a possibility. But right now they're stuck on a you know, container. Yeah. It's like, People, I just picture people on an airplane just knocking it out like a well, cartel. I mean, look, you, know? you, can, you can air freight things in within a week, but if you, I mean, I'll tell you this. The cost to boat ship already doub- more than doubled from the last time we did the same order, which we ate that cost. So that already ate into our margins so much. If we air freighted it, we would have lost. I mean, oh, we, yeah. wouldn't, we wouldn't have made, a, like we would have lost so much money. We can't absorb that kind of loss. Jeez. Like- I'm not trying to like, you know, make every, you know, gazillions of dollars on this. I mean, our margins are already low on those products. So it's like, I'm not literally, it's like. To the point where you're almost losing money making a shirt. Like, well, it was, yeah, well, these yeah, the shirts are still good, but yeah, it, it really yeah, is. And I'm not, listen, I'm, I don't usually talk about this stuff because I don't, I'm yeah. not trying to make people feel bad or anything. It's just the, the what's happening, you know. It's I mean? the reality. Yeah. It's the reality. And we're ben, just trying to figure it out. You know, you better get a chopper, man. You better start delivering like Santa Claus out of the chopper. So, so I'm telling you, man, you know, we're going to get our own, yeah, our own boat. You know <laughs> what I mean? Exactly. I'm just going to be out there, you know, rowing down. <laughs> ben it's Columbus exactly has like come the- to Columbus, right. Ohio. <laughs> I'll get I'll get I'll get a little dinghy and try to load up you know several thousand lunch boxes. That won't take long at all. You're on the Mississippi River delivering. I'll tell you right now, if there was an option, I probably would have looked into like chartering something. But again, you know, prices yeah, just insane. When we got the bill for shipping, I was like, wait a minute, that's literally double than what we paid last year. And you know, you you figure your pricing on certain things, and I'm like. Oh, okay. I guess that money just flew out the door. But hey, what are you gonna do? What am I gonna do? Go back to all the customers who ordered. By the way, our shipping yeah. costs twice as much. So you always like right. Ten bucks. <laughs> By the way, we didn't tack on the extra ten twenty five. So right. <laughs> no, it's but I got a little segment here, buddy. It's called the two minute drill. I don't know okay. if you're familiar with it. Uh, two minutes. We're gonna set the timer. I'm gonna ask you a whole bunch of random questions. There's no right or wrong. It's the best Ben answer. So uh, okay. All right. All right, give me a second here. All right, three, two, one, go. Favorite horror icon? 
Uh, I might have to say Jason. <laughs> Favorite slasher? Uh, Michael. Weapon of choice? Hmm. Freddy Glove. To remake or not to remake? Doesn't matter to me. I love them all. Dark Alley in New York City. Who do you want to have your back? I mean, Jason. He went to Manhattan already. So. <laughs> Best horror personality? Hmm, Elvira. Ooh. 80s, 90s, 2000s horror? Ah, uh, 80s. Favorite psychological horror movie? Ooh, um... Maybe Exorcist. All right. Favorite horror movie quote? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's a hard one. Uh, Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> Scariest horror movie you've seen? Oh, man. Um, I'll tell you right now, the first time I ever watched it, it scared the crap out of me, and I was like in my late teens. It was The Evil Dead. Universal monster of choice? Wolfman. Wes Craven or John Carpenter? Oh my God, why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, oh, John Carpenter, but I mean, yeah, that's a tough one. Favorite Halloween? Well, we already know it's uh, the original, correct? Mm hmm. All right, favorite Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, uh, part four. Okay. Best horror movie score or theme? Halloween theme, hands down. Uh, what word would you add to the end of this quote? Welcome to prime time. Bitch. <laughs> most, most maniacal laugh award goes to? Oh, uh, Crypt Keeper. How would you want to die in a horror Ooh. Um, Nine. I mean, Michael with a butcher knife, I think, is apropos. I, preferably in his own house, I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, man, bro, right. I'll, I'll tell you. You did pretty good, though, right? Yeah. yeah. You got a few more questions. I'm going to ask a couple anyway, just to yeah, get your answer on it. Uh, ultimate screen queen, in your choice, in your opinion. I mean, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis will always have, like, my... I, 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 I don't want to keep softballing these to Halloween. Right. So I, I'm trying to, like, move off from that <laughs> a little bit just to give it more variety. But I'll tell you right now, after her, Amy Steele. Okay, yeah. Uh, so if you can make, like, any horror movie or story come to life, which would it be? Ooh. Um, oh man, that's interesting. I'm trying to think of other ones, you know, because I want to, I just want to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, Chucky, why not? <laughs> yeah, but, imagine you know, that. That's a good, you know, that's that can segue into a little discussion. Chucky's two foot tall. Do you think in reality he could get away with everything he does? You know, it's hard. Like, I, I love, you know, I love child's play. Um, and I, I liked the movies and then obviously you went into like Bride and Sea, which got crazy, but I'll tell you, and then Curse and Cult, but like this new series, if you guys watched it, was yeah. amazing. And of course, yeah. now you've got essentially what was, you know, I forgot it was eight or nine episodes. So you're like an eight mm -hmm. or nine hour film, if you will. Right. Yeah. So what I mean is you're, you're, you've extrapolated out into like over the course of whatever, a few weeks, he lived in this universe. I, 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 I want to say yes, because it made it believable enough to me. Because you would just think, oh, it's this dog. Kick it across the, the mm -hmm. thing. But the way he acted in this new series, first of all, I thought was just absolutely 
perfectly well executed. I was blown away by how I good was, it was. I was like Chucky on sci-fi. Okay. And I know Damian Cini was behind it. And I love mm-hmm. that. I was sort I'll be honest. I was sort of like, eh, what's it going to be like? And I watched it. I was like, this is incredible. So in some ways, I feel like because he's like, you know, that spirits within him, I mm-hmm. do feel like there's some supernatural ability. And I figure if you're already getting a soul into a doll, why not make it, you know, I could then I could finally believe that he's really strong. I mean, you're already believing that the soul's in a dial, then yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I I, overall, it was, I was, like I said, floored because I'm not a fan of Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. Mm. I wasn't too big on the 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 Netflix ones. Uh, I don't know. I didn't like the way he looked. The stories were, were pretty cool. I didn't yeah, like the look the was he, a little off to me, whereas yeah. they brought it back in the new series yeah. where I'm like, this is perfect. The only thing that I didn't like about the series, the the main uh, the the kid I forget his name, uh, he yeah. always had that stink face look. Oh, yeah. every <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once he did it, that's all I saw, and I'm like, can he do any other? Look in the mirror and practice the different faces because it was just like he smells something bad and it just yeah. stuck <laughs> on his face. But um, I'm interested to see where it's going for season two i i was just floored away with how fun it was yeah and and they really they didn't pull any punches you know no. <laughs> who they killed the language i'm watching it going oh my god like, this is well they're only god. allowed they're only allowed to have so many f-bombs before you get bleeped out so if you heard a bleep they went right. past their, went past their quota <laughs> but they allowed quite a few and what they were in the things that he was saying i was like this is amazing because you know part of what makes Chucky so amazing in my eyes is he's so sinister and the stuff mm-hmm. that he says is just yeah. so nasty <laughs> you know and it's juxtaposed with this doll obviously but I'm just like whoa and then it, you know Fiona Duraf playing him and like there were so many I love the way they brought in the original characters like I just I'm amazed at the fact that they've been able to build this universe and and have it span the entire um uh you know from the first film to now mm-hmm. as opposed to oh we have to disregard this movie because it doesn't fit in this unit no it's it's it all i mean look at halloween that's the most bastardized franchise oh my goodness ever. yeah and look i'm speaking yeah. as a halloween fan of yeah jimmy's a big fan of halloween resurrection oh, yeah he always gets me with this no i'm not it's like my least favorite movie here ben but it's, it's everyone's least favorite movie i mean yeah. i mean look jimmy owns it on I mean, do you have a shirt out there ben it says dangertainment you could have buster on there with like new yeah we do actually we have a dangertainment we have one that says trick-or-treat motherfucker oh uh, yeah I'm I gotta, I'm that's for your it. birthday no shut up <laughs> look look we had to do it we we had to do it because we we literally had the rights to all the halloween movies i'm like well, we got to do resurrection because there are fans out there listen i don't particularly like it as a halloween fan but i get it people might like it um but again you look at halloween and listen i love the different choose your own adventure halloweens you know i love the different timelines i'm a fan but i also respect and love the fact that chucky was like we're gonna tie everything and it helps that don mancini was behind him all right yeah, so 100 man i don't think it would have been done right if he wasn't oh yeah if well, he had yeah, somebody look else the, involved, yeah look at the reboot we got <laughs> yeah i fly chucky i liked that movie it just i i was a little miffed because i'm like all you have is this title and now you're gonna make this movie and i just i just felt a little like it could have been better if it were something else you know yeah um i actually did like the movie but i felt bad for don because he was in the works of this tv show and i was like oh man it's like you're competing against 
like this yeah. thing that you already created and it's like ah, oh, that sucks but i do feel like the show far outweighed that i mean no one's talking about that movie right now right but no. people are talking about that show and i love how progressive the show was i just there's so many things about that show i really just went wow like and i'm sitting here watching the show and commercials come on for halloween kills and i'm thinking to myself i'm, I'm 44 years old and here i am like seeing chucky and michael and like hearing about a new scream movie and i'm like what kind of this is an amazing time to be a fan and you get yeah. people are like oh i wish they would do this or original this or that i'm like are you crazy there's original horror there's remakes and reboots and all this i'm like everything is out there for you everything yeah. it's incredible i mean right yeah. now I, I look at like the time that we're in like you just said right now and i think honestly other than the 80s like we're getting i think that best like i don't know the horror the best overall horror experience right now uh with, with a lot of these movies in, in tv shows like you know like you said chucky Michael's back, you know, and we have another one coming out. Halloween ends this year. Um, I'm waiting on a new yeah. Freddy Krueger. Hopefully they can get somebody that, that can do it. See, I mean, I, this is what I would like to see personally for Freddy. Cause I, you know, Freddy is one of those guys that you just can't replace. It's not Michael. Yeah. He's not Jason. I mean, I, I mean, Kane obviously made Jason, you know, from Ooh, CJ might have something to say about that. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is Kane made Jason. So oh, yeah, yeah. he came back, but I'm just saying in yeah. general, you've had other people play these guys. Whereas, you know, other than Jackie Earl Haley and that, crappy remake you had i mean i liked him but i didn't like the movie mm -hmm. i say this you take a guy that can move like robert and you have robert voice him because what you want is the voice yeah. and i really think with the mix of technology idea. that we have today i mean if anyone's seen the book of boba fett i'm not gonna give anything away but all these things that have happened you can do things and remember he's the dream demon it's a dreamlike world. You can have yeah. fun with this. I really think if you had Robert's voice and sort of, you know, characteristics, but you imbued that in someone, I mean, and I hate to say this, but I mean, younger, I mean, he's not being run around in that makeup anymore. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. happening. But if you can either do a little bit of like a mixture of actual actor and deep fake in his voice and stuff, you can have Freddie live on. And I really think that to me is the way to bridge that gap as opposed to just getting a new person. Um, because you want to hear that Freddie cackle. You want to hear him yeah. say those words and the inflection, the way he says them. You don't want to hear anybody else do it. I don't personally want to hear it. With you, but with don't you think his voice would sound too old for the character though? Maybe, but Brad Dourif, man, he still sounds like Chucky. <laughs> I like, was laughing yeah. with Brad Dourif. I had a, a thinking about what you just said with the F-bombs and the Chucky. See, the first episode, remember? I think it was the first one. He was on the stage, right? And in, in the whole in the school and in, in the whole audience, you're all a bunch of fucking assholes. <laughs> I'm gonna well, beat that I, out, but yeah. I don't, wanna, I, I don't want to. I don't want. It's sort of a spoiler alert, but you know, talking about Book of Boba Fett, you yeah. realize there was a young Luke Skywalker in it, right? Yeah, but that wasn't Mark Hamill's voice. It was. It was a. It was a digital voice that they just took his old voice and they fed it into a computer and it read back the script oh wow okay so i did not read that okay had a computer listen to like hours worth of mark hamill back when he was that age wow and then they were able to basically make a script and have it come out that way that's wild that's, that's yeah. insane yeah and yeah. you know what that then i completely agree with your idea do that with rob because i don't see anyone else matching Okay, or superseding well, Robert England. I, I don't, I mean, like, if you had to pick somebody, I'm gonna, Ben, I'm gonna ask you, if you had to pick somebody to play Freddy Krueger right now, who would it be? 
Interestingly enough, and weird, I know it sounds like a weird choice, but he just popped in my head, uh, Robert Pattinson. And I don't know why. I think it's because he's he kind of- He is a versatile actor. He is, and he's gaunt, and he's lanky. Yes. And I think you need someone, not that Robert was the tallest or lankiest person ever, but he had this sort of sleek way of moving. Yeah. I mean, look, Robert was a, a, like a, a trained on stage and, and, and dancer and stuff, so he yeah. had a way to move and carry him. I mean, he had the whole idea of making the glove feel heavy, so his arm went down. Mm-hmm. He did all of these things he imbued into the character he would have to train someone or work with somebody. You couldn't just have, so. I mean, you'd have to have someone watch hours of footage of him, but he would mm-hmm. want to be side by side with him to kind of help him. And I also think maybe that the older voice could have a cool effect, you know? I'll tell you this, when he was on, um, was, it the, was it the Goldbergs? Yeah, 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 the Goldbergs. Yeah. I'll be honest, like it was cool to see, but I was like, yikes, like yeah. that makeup. I just, and again, the guy's in the 70s. I mean, you can't expect yes. him to look like he did, you know, 40 years ago. And well, I was sort of like, that's cool and all, but I don't, I don't want to see that again. Like I just, it didn't work. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And uh, no, no, not obviously nothing against Robert. He's a, he's a great guy. You know, he's awesome. It was just, it just was not, it didn't work. Yeah. And, Cause unfortunately it's silicone he's wearing so it's form fitting right. you can't hide behind a hockey mask so exactly. yeah um you know for the longest time i was like i was a kevin bacon could do a Ooh, yeah. like a like a role like jackie Earl. i love jackie yeah. Earl haley's performance oh me too um, I thought he was great. and then someone said to me what about evan peters from american horror story oh, um yeah yeah, he's he's a good actor, and he's actually playing Jeffrey Dahmer in a new film. Well, I but I do that. like your idea of Robert Pattinson because, I mean, unfortunately, he's tied to the Twilight films. He'll always be tied to that. But now he's watch, Batman, you know? Yeah, but if you watch anything else that's like an independent film, you get to see how great of an actor he is, like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, he did yeah. Nickelodeon. He did Transformers. But if you watch something that's not big studio Hollywood, he's fantastic. So I yeah I do like your your take on that Freddie pick. Wait a minute, what about I, I got it? I just I was thinking about this too. I mean he's a little up there now too, but what about Jim Carrey? Oh man, that I mean, would be he, a little wild. He can move though. I mean you know I, I don't know. I he don't still can. I mean he he's still. I mean he's another person that is great in drama. I love watching comedic <laughs> actors do something that's not their yes. forte, like Robin yeah. Williams. That would be something interesting. Something would he do it now? No, but maybe I like worry his- that I worry that his name carries a certain connotation, and I don't mean just in terms of it being funny. I just worry that there is a certain weight to his name that if yeah. you applied it to Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like it would, it would be a mismatch. Robert Pattinson, I know he's the Batman now, but I feel like he can kind of fly under the radar in terms of what you expect from him. Yeah, like there's some people where it's like you see their name, you just you know it's going to be this one thing. Even though Jim Carrey can do a range of things, and he did do yeah. a lot of dramatic roles, which was great. But I feel like Robert Pattinson could probably be in a comedy, and then he could be in an indie film, and then he can play the Batman, and it's okay. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah, you're not true. thinking him going. Oh, and you're right. He has still attached a little bit to the Twilight, but I feel like he broke out of that mold quite a bit. Like, yeah, I don't dude. look at him and go, I mean, I look at him and I see Cedric Diggory because I love Harry Potter, right? But yeah. <laughs> but I look at him in those in the trailer for Batman, I go, that's Batman. Like, I, I'm I'm in it. Like, I guess what I'm saying is I'm in it and I am not taken out of the of the idea of him being this thing. Whereas Jim Carrey, I feel like I'd be like, that's Jim Carrey being Freddy. Yeah, and it's almost like the kind of flack that um, Michael Keaton got when he did batman 
People were True. pissed off because he but, kept doing Beetlejuice and Mr. Mom and um, all the other stuff. But right. he did such a good job in viewing that film. Whereas where the Jim Carrey thing, when he did The Grinch, it was Jim Carrey as The Grinch. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was yeah. so much Jim Carrey, which was great. I mean, I love that film. It's great. Whereas Michael Keaton and initially when I remember that because I was a kid, I was, you know, 12 years old. I was like, Michael Keaton, that's crazy. <laughs> but when I sat there in the theater, I went, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. And I was like yeah. mind blown because he, yeah. he became that character. I just feel like Jim Carrey would be the Jim Carrey version. Exactly. You know, like, and hey, too comical. I'm not too sold on Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne yet because we haven't seen mm. really any scenes yet. Just him being Bruce Wayne. It's more than Batman. Right, I mean, right, he's, right. He's got the, I mean, he's got the young look like of Bruce Wayne, but I want to see if he can carry himself. Definitely as Batman. I was a little like, what the hell's going on with this car? But again, it's young Batman. It's pretty cool. Well, here's the thing. You know, it's funny you were talking about because we were talking about this at work yesterday. Because uh, Joe, who's our um, our marketing coordinator, he he's huge, huge Batman fan and Batmobile fan. And we were talking about Robert Pattinson. And we were talking about how, oh yeah, young Batman, young Batman. And it's like, wait a minute, he's only two years younger than Michael Keaton was when he played. Is he really two or three years younger than wow. he was when Michael Keaton was? Oh, wow. Michael Keaton looked a lot older. <laughs> Christian Bale was like Christian Bale was like 31 when he played Batman and Batman Begins. Like wow. so yeah. it's almost like he I mean I think they are maybe going for like a younger earlier mm-hmm. on Batman. He's you know, more but, of a he's more of the uh detective. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And that's the thing I think you know I know we're treading off a of horror but I think that's <laughs> what the latter Batman films or actually all the Batman films really they steered away from the detective aspect mm-hmm. of him where they're bringing it back a little bit which i i like to see i like Plus, it too i mean i guess the first batman with michael keaton had a little bit of element of it but you know it wasn't that much but you're right that's actually a, an interesting point and then the thought of yeah i mean as the time went on we worried about nipples and stuff on the bat suit yeah but <laughs> i'm excited to see it i'm a big dc fan but since we're talking about other franchises fright rag mm-hmm. you make other uh like non-horror franchise t-shirts What's a good seller of, of that line? So one of the ones that we did last year um, that sticks out in my, my mind was uh, the Burbs, which I know is so- Oh, yes. And, you know, Joe Dante, whatever. But here's the funny thing. When, when we were re-signing with Universal a year and a half ago or whatever, um, I was, you know, we have a list of titles that we always get from Halloween 2, American World from London, They Live, Chucky, all those. And I was like, wait a minute hey, you guys have the burbs. Can we license that now? I knew it was going to be an issue because of likenesses because I knew we wouldn't be able to use Tom Hanks or Corey Feldman or anybody else in the film. And that movie is all likenesses, obviously. And I said, you know, is there an option for us to do the burbs? And it's funny. What's funny about these companies, especially companies like Universal, is sometimes you get people that working there, like you just assume they know everything about everything in their movies. And you come to find out some of these people don't. And they don't even know what they own sometimes. They have to look it up or do whatever. And a lot of times when you get a property from a a studio, they give you a style guide or assets. So they give you stuff to use because a lot of companies will like, oh, what photos do you have from the movie that we could use? Here it is. I'm going to put it on a shirt. Obviously, we don't usually do that. We do that sometimes, but we don't care if you have assets or not. We're going to make our own because we we hire artists to to conceptualize and do things. So I, I, I asked them about the burbs and they said... That's never been licensed before ever. Like, <laughs> yes, the home video and, and DVDs and stuff, but like yeah. not for merchandise ever. We were like the first ones. 
And they're like, we don't have anything to give you. We don't have any artwork. I said, that's cool. We can do it ourselves. Don't worry about it. So we just went off and did our own thing. And obviously it has to get approved. And we knew what our limitations were. We did um, a take on the exorcist where it says the burbs in purple and it's uh, Tom Hanks looking up at the house, uh, but it, it's, a, it's a, it's side image. So you didn't see his likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a really cool thing where it was the three dudes and like the skulls. We actually, cause one of us said, I'm like, we're doing a Satan is good. Satan is our pale shirt. And that's all it says. And then the good, uh, Kyle put a little smiley face, almost like an Amazon thing where it's got a smile. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, cause I said, we have to have a shirt that just says that and nothing else. Cause that's <laughs> perfect. Um, and that did really good. And I think because it's such a cult classic and there isn't any merch for it, you know, other, you know, no licensed merch, I should say. I'm sure there's plenty of bootlegs out there in Redbubble and other stuff, but um, it was a fun one to do and it was received really well. Another one that's been really good for us is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, um, yeah. we, we actually did, um, I can show you because I have them right here. I'm a guitar player, but we did, uh, we did this. I can't really see it very well. It's guitar picks. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And they each have wild stallions. Like, yes, wild stallions guitar picks. So you, they have the logo on them. They're all different colors. So you've got. Uh, here, I'll bring the light in so you can see it. Nice. Look at that! Wow. Oh, cool. the, I feel like playing the electric guitar. <laughs> so they did that, and then we got like all different ones. We even got ones with uh, Bill and Ted's face on them. So. Nice. Uh, and we had full likeness rights that so that was a lot of fun we could do George Carlin we could do Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves and stuff so um, that was cool to be able to to poke around in that sandbox and Back to Future is one of my favorite movies and doing that was great and again very limited in likenesses but um, it's fun to do those because you know again we're fans like I'm oh another one that does pretty good and we're going to do more this year but it's one of my personal all-time favorite films is E.T another experience when i was a kid seeing in the theater and then i saw that theater too it just blew my mind you know so working with that film has been really really cool um so it's fun to do that because obviously huge horror fan but i mean growing up you know i watched a lot of movies a lot of different types of movies and back to the future and et affected me probably as much as halloween did as a kid you know so yeah you're a fan you said you know do a remake would you want to see a Back to the Future remake? You know, I was just thinking about that today because I saw an article that the DeLorean was coming back as an electric car. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, man. I heard a, a rumor about that. So I was thinking, I was literally, I was waiting to pick up my my daughter at school and I was like, huh, because I was reading the article. I'm like, Back to the Future would be kind of cool if they redid it. You know what? Here's my take on it. Like, first of all, my favorite movie's been remade, right? Like, I, I just look at it like, if you're going to do it, try to pay homage to the original in some way, like try to do something and try to just pay respect to it and have fun with it. Look, if, if, a, if a young kid, an eight-year-old, like I was when I saw Back to the Future, if an eight-year-old goes to see this new Back to the Future, if they ever make one, and then their parents, like, you got to see the original, like, how cool is it to get a fan from something? Like, look, the thing was a remake right mm-hmm. like i mean yeah yeah you know and but, that's, yeah, i know different to make you different. feel old 30 yeah. years ago would be 1992 oh <laughs> dude i think about that all the time because my favorite show of all time was the wonder years and that would have yeah. been literally 2002 right now and i'm like no 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 that's not yeah that's now but, yeah 
if they remade Back to the Future, like they would have to use, I mean, obviously the diehard fans would want to see a DeLorean, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to mess it up, put a Tesla in there or something. Oh, God. (laughs) If Hey, if there's this DeLorean electric car, why not? Right. Yeah. That that would be rad. Like, I don't know. I, I actually haven't seen it yet. I just bought it, but the new Ghostbusters film, I, I didn't get to see it in theater, but um, I heard really good things about it. So I almost feel like they could do some sort of legacy sequel where it pushes it into the future. Oh, oh very well, well they could. Um, yeah. And I think, because, you know, Robert Zemeckis is against remaking Back to the Future, just as uh, Steven Spielberg is against redoing Jaws. Mm. But I did hear some inkling that you know they're revisiting that idea so i think you know robert zemeckis basically said like over my dead body so i think they're going to wait until the poor guy passes away and then i like your idea of legacy definitely um but you know it's like kind of hard because would it be like you know part three or part two and three was 2015 odd enough and then 1885 so we saw Marty's kids and they're a bunch of jerks. So would it be Jules and Byrne, you know, doing their own thing? Well, they were a bunch of jerks. Remember, he he didn't have the accent at the end. So we don't right. know what the kids are going to be like. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I picture a movie where they would actually bounce around in time and in, in forward and backward. Um, and they would go to 1955 and see things that happened in Hill Valley. Like mm-hmm. I could see it like not taking what we know as back to the future and saying, okay, from today, you know, 30 years in the future and 30 years back. I mean, whenever, and again, I know we're just hypothesizing here, but yeah. say the movie came out next year. I'm just, as an example, I could see it where they bounce to like 2050 or whatever, or 2060 or whatever. And then they go to 1955 or eight, you know what I mean? Like, or 1985. So then it becomes this funny thing where maybe Marty's kid sees Marty in the DeLorean with Doc Brown going down the street. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's, uh, you know how like there's some movies that are like, they're like prophets, like John Carpenter's where they live. So much of that is like in today's yeah. society. Sure. Like in yeah. Back to the Future 2, they go mm-hmm. to 2015 and Biff is, you know, um, big time Biff. They modeled him after Donald Trump. That was the older <laughs> Biff. <laughs> like, look how close that you know the reality Uh, came in 2016 it's just it's just funny how these movies just have a way of telling the future but um all right jimmy you got the last question yeah honestly man i just want to give you the floor ben i want to uh, let the listeners viewers know uh where they can buy some merch my man get some fright rags where they can find follow you guys and uh anything else you want to promote out here well, honestly, I just want to, you know, anybody who's watching, listening, just to thank everybody for their support. I mean, I always, you know, we always talk about it at the office, like we, you know, we can't do this without support of all of our customers. Like this, this doesn't exist in our, you know, at all. Like it, it basically gets erased to like the picture in Back to the Future, right? <laughs> like if we don't have people <laughs> supporting us, we get erased from that, right? Um, and it, it's never lost on us. We don't take it for granted. Um, because we get to wake up and do this every day. And as, as hard and stressful as it can be sometimes, because you just want to do your best work. Um, I realize that my, my quote unquote worst day doing this, you know, my most stressful day is still better than any job I've ever had and, and any opportunity I've ever had before this. So it's, it's a blessing and I feel grateful and, and blessed for all of that. Um, and, you know, you can find us at 
frightrags.com. It's fright-rags.com. We're on social media everywhere, Instagram, at frightrags, all one word. Um, we're always putting stuff out. Get on our newsletter, our SMS. We send out texts every week with launches and emails and stuff. And, you know, we try to just have, we try to have fun and we try to put out stuff that, you know, we try to just be as creative as possible. You know what I mean? And, and always think of the new stuff. And that's what really gets us going. Like, we'll think of an idea and I'll be like, I just thought of an idea. Again, a few minutes before we hopped on this call, I was messaging uh, my team about a couple of things. I was like, oh my God, what if we did this? And it's like, when it puts the smile on your face, it, you that's like the part that gets us going. Like, oh my God, that would be the coolest thing ever. Like now I want to have that. I want to own it. You know what I mean? And, that, and then when you have that going and it's like, oh, we got to do this. And that really motivates you to get all this other, all the like crap you have to do to get it out of the way get it approved and get this done and all the like sort of the stuff that you're like oh this it's is that like, initial idea you know when it just comes to you and it's exciting and it just you and you're feel so like excited adrenaline. to yeah. put it out there in the world and you know sometimes look sometimes it doesn't do as good as you think it does sometimes it does way better than you ever thought but it's that idea that that create you know creating something and putting it out in the world and then you get the feedback and people going oh my god i got this and or you know my girlfriend got this for me my boyfriend got this for me my wife or husband or whatever it doesn't matter like you just yeah. run down the list and seeing it on social media and people posting and i don't know it's it's a wild thing to be part of this because again i'm a fan we're fans and to even be a small part of the horror community and have any sort of place there at the table is like is an honor well ben i appreciate you taking the time I, you know as a matter of fact let me ask you this question 10 years from now where is hmm. Ben Scrivens? Where's Fright Rags? You know, I, I always think about this company and where it's going and it's hard to predict, you know, and I know I didn't think we'd be here at this point. I didn't think I'd be 19 years into it, you know, talking to you about the business that I'm still running. So I do try to think a little bit into the future and I hope at the very least we're still around and relevant and doing fun things. Like, I don't, I've always said this to my team and other people who have asked, I'm not looking to grow this company to be some huge, huge corporation like conglomerate where, we're, oh, we got to expand <laughs> into this and, you know, yeah. we got to get to this amount of money and this, blah, blah, blah. I've never approached our business from that standpoint. It's always been about what cool shit can we do? And then luckily that cool shit has allowed us to grow quite a bit, but I don't, it's not like I'm looking to hire more people and expand and do all these things. It just, it's happened. And it's all happened in this crazy, weird way that it's almost like, I don't want to look at it too close because it, it, I just feel like it would fall apart. So I just got to ride it a little bit. Um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is in 10 years, I hope to still be doing it. And if I'm not doing it, I hope someone, I find someone to take over to do it. You know, that, that would be another hard thing because I'm so wrapped up to do it. And I can't imagine myself not doing it. But at some point it's like, okay, where does this all go? You know what I mean? I got to make sure if this stays around and if it, God forbid I'm not around, what happens to it? So that those are always things I'm thinking well, about. Well, I got the answer. I got the answer for you, Ben. Stay right there. Uh, Hold on. I got a little surprise for you. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. <laughs> You're just like, oh. <laughs> well, guess where we're going, Ben? We're going back to the future, man. <laughs> I got the DeLorean. 2032, buddy. Here all right. Go. Hey. That that looks like it would fit me, so let's do it. We're going. Let's go. I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Great Scott.
think I got enough of. Eighty-eight miles an hour. That's where we're going, Ben. Let's anyway, do it. I got I'm that ready. pop-up. Long story. It's it's eighties party that I threw a while back, and that's amazing. Know, actually, <laughs> I'm actually pretty jealous you have that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to do it. I was like, you know what? We're talking back to the future. But uh, hopefully, ten years from now, man, it, you know, great bigger things even happening. Uh, I I could definitely see it, man. The the work is there. Uh, I'm gonna be definitely purchasing some uh, some t-shirts this week i think um you know i'm not a big t-shirt like but i don't know I, I don't buy a lot online i go to the stores that's what it sure. is but i have to start you know getting i see a lot of good shirts out there and i'm like i can't find these in stores so it's like you know i gotta get them online so i'm definitely right, gonna right. check out what you got and um i want to thank you man not only for coming on and taking the time for us over here but also sponsoring the event that we have going on in may uh friday 13th the first ever uh, inaugural like mini convention going on in Blairstown. It's it's going to be historic, man. It's on the grounds of the diner. It's where the original movie was filmed. What well one of the locations. So we're excited about that. We're excited to have you guys on board with us. And uh, guys, girls, horrorheads out there, check them out. Fright Rags. This man, the man behind the mantis. Oh yeah, Ben Scrivens <laughs> right here going down. Uh, check them out, Fright Rags. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for celebrating horror not only in October. 365. We're going to see you next week.